It's now time for Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. 1017 The Team is your home for New Mexico United, the Dallas Cowboys, LA Dodgers, and much more. Now, Team Talk on 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, we're with you till 5.30. Why is that? Because we're going to go to Wells Fargo Center in Philly for a late-season NBA matchup that has playoff ramifications, at least for one of the teams. The Sixers are hosting the Dallas Mavericks as Luka and the Mavs take on Joel Embiid and the Sixers. We're down to the final six or seven games of the regular season, and this one means a ton for the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get into a bunch of that later, Sam. But uh, in the meantime, we're keeping our eye on the portal, but we're also keeping our eye on the coaching carousels around the country. Late last night, we found out Ryan Odom, the Utah State coach, son of Dave Odom, the legendary coach at Wake Forest, uh, was taking the job at VCU, and uh, all kinds of stuff was swirling around last night, Sam. That started the domino. It would help after 11 years if I remember to turn on the buttons from time to time. But no, that really started the domino of what ended up happening. In, it's, and then that's really how this is going to go. Because one job opens and somebody's going to fill it. And then somebody's got to fill that one. Somebody's got to fill that one. And so we got really our, our first off-season taste of that last night. And of all people that started, it was Ryan Odom. Yeah, it was, and he goes to VCU, and like, just so people like, no, VCU is not Virginia Tech, okay? So I had to make sure I did a double take on that. They compete in the A-10, and the other schools in the A-10 include the likes of... Of, of the Bonnies, of the Richmond Spiders, Temple. Temple, Dayton. I love me some Atlantic 10 postseason tournament. <laughs> okay, well, here's... Ryan uh, Odom is going there. Here's the long line of... Coaches that have made quite a career that have gone through VCU, okay? It started, you know, maybe before this, but I just went back this far. Jeff Capel, who's the head coach at Pitt, um, he, uh, you know, he came through uh, VCU at one point. Anthony Grant, uh, who left to go to Alabama, was there. Shaka Smart, who now is at, uh, at Marquette, who went through Texas on his way to Marquette. Uh, Will Wade, a guy who was highly thought of, until he went to LSU and everything collapsed underneath him. But he's a VCU guy. And then uh, their latest coach, Mike Rhodes, just got a job at Penn State. So obviously that would you know mean that it is an attractive job to a guy like Ryan Odom, who I'm sure has aspirations of coaching at a Power 5 school, Sam. And that's, you know, uh, Shaka Smart is, is, you know, is the name that comes in there. I, what? For for any of us, if it's somebody in my generation, you know your generation, you think VCU, there's still that word association. It, it was long enough ago now where they don't get credit for it, but there's still that word association. VCU, Shaka Smart, that one uh, nice run that they had in the NCAA tournament, and that that can keep a that that can keep a team going. Where you know at, at first glance you think VCU, that's a little random. Is that even is that even a great job? But you're in a part of the country where there's some some quality and you basketball. Just heard, you just heard the list of coaches, yeah. and when we're going to VCU, ended up taking them right. along the way. I mean, uh, Jeff Capel, uh, Anthony Grant, Shaka Smart, Will Wade, and now uh, the most recent coach, Mike Rhodes, takes the job at Penn State because we know that uh, Micah Shrewsbury went on to Notre Dame. So anyway, the, the coaching car- carousel as we talk about. 
The shrewsberries taste like shrewsberries. Hey, so so the reason we're bringing this up is that there was uh, stuff. Well, uh, Jeff Kramer had put out a tweet rela- related to the South Florida job and how Richard Pitino, coach of the Lobos, name was like thrown around for that, right? right. And and this was earlier this morning, a few hours before we find out that USF de- uh, does have its hire. They they hired the coach from Kennesaw State out of the Atlantic Sun, but even a few hours before that, Ryan Odom was the first one. His name was attached to USF, and so almost by proxy. Coach Richard Pitino in there as well, but Jeff Grammer going to Twitter earlier today talking about Coach Richard Pitino. He still has some roots there, but USF's filtration with uh, with Pitino was last week. Then they went at Odom. Nothing says they can't go RP again. Talking about Richard Pitino, but the USF Pitino window was open and closed last week. Yeah. Okay. So apparently this was like you know, and remember this like there was nothing that Richard Pitino was doing. To like make himself for a candidate. I mean, I, as I've said, I regardless of the fact that the Lobos only went three and nine in their last twelve games, Richard Pitino enhanced his resume this year it, just by the fact that they rose like two hundred and thirty points in in the net. Uh, so that that um, was something that is going to get people's attention. And when jobs open, and you know, there's you know, there's some connections. I mean, w- when your last name is Patino, there's going to be connections at schools across the country. But I think Florida, uh, particularly, there there's some connections there. But regardless, uh, Richard Patino is not a candidate for the. Uh, you know, if he was, he turned it down. Whatever or he said. He wasn't interested, and now they have a head coach, and Richard Patino is names out of there. I will say this, uh, you know, and, and people would say, why would you ever leave, you know, New Mexico for a school like South Florida? All right, well, the, that starts when you told me during who's in, who's out a week and a half ago that Brian Gregory was out at South Florida, and you told me he made how much? He made uh, one point six. One point six million. Okay, so. It was attractive enough for for Brian Gregory to take, and now Brian Gregory had just gotten fired from Georgia Tech, but he's a guy that had been successful at Dayton and uh, not so successful at Georgia Tech, and you know there he wasn't successful at South Florida. But he's not the only one uh, that has had difficulty winning at South Florida. I mean, uh, I look at the names that have been on that li- list, include you know, including of course Gregory, who just got fired, but. Uh, I see uh, Stan Heath. Uh, he was a, a coach that people remember way back that took Kent to the NCAA tournament, got him a job at uh, Arkansas, and then even going way back, Seth Greenberg, you know, through Long Beach State, Virginia Tech. You know, he, he tried to give it a go there. I don't think, you know, that was his last coaching job before, you know, he went to ESPN. I, maybe... You know, coaching in South Florida will make make you make anybody go to television. I guess Sam, because it's really you know it's in Tampa, right? right? And they 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 have very little uh, connection to the city of Tampa, which is a big big uh, school. I mean, a big big city, big big market in there. You know, if you look at all the other um, towns around it, there's a lot of people in that part of the country. Uh, yet. Nobody's been able to have any luck down there. No, anytime you're a college team in a pro sports market, you're almost it, it's it's pretty easy to be at a competitive disadvantage. I don't want to necessarily say across the board, but you know you think of 
where UNLV sits in Las Vegas in the sports and entertainment landscape. And we're talking about San Diego State this week with them in the Final Four and you know where they sit and you know, how much traction this is even getting with them being in the Final Four. It's not one that you would necessarily think of, but Tampa would probably be towards, if not at the top of that list, with the Lightning and the Rays and the Bucks and and just and just Florida. I mean, Florida in itself, you're you're on the water, you're on the coast. When there's so much to do, even when you're good, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get people's attention. But it's really easy to make people forget about you, or, or certainly not be the the most uh, you know the, the most attractive thing in town. And I would. I, I, I would wonder if it all this went through his head because maybe not apples to apples, but Coach Richard Patino just just came from that University of Minnesota. It's in the Big Ten, but just because it's just because a school is in a big conference or a quality conference, whatever, does not guarantee you anything. You're recruiting against you know the Wisconsin's, Ohio State's, and everything else, but you're also you know fighting for eyeballs and attention against everything else going on in a city like Minneapolis. And in today, when there's a thousand kids in the transfer portal, and they can go to your school or anybody else's, if you can't promise them you're going to get eyeballs, that becomes a hard place to coach. Okay, so I should have had you look up what the conference record for the Minnesota Gophers have been the last two years. Uh, since Coach Richard Patino has left, I mean, you know, people try and scrutinize uh, his time there, and I'm telling you, you know, before oh, it's he, been worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it well, big time worse. I mean, yeah. so you got, you have the numbers of their conference record in the last two years because I'm going to go back to South Florida and the challenges there. But let's not forget, we started this conversation that Brian Gregory made 1.6 million a year. Now we know Richard Patino's contract. We saw Jeff Grammer, uh, you know, wrote a story on that that they're trying to restructure uh, Coach Richard Patino's contract even after only two years, uh, but. Whether it's going to get to 1.6, I don't know. But you know, when you're putting sty- you know, stuff on different sides of the ledger, and and on one side is you know 1.6 million dollars, which is significantly more than he made the last two years. But if he does get a new contract, you know, maybe that'll creep up and and get closer. But anyway, so you got the numbers. What is Minnesota's record the last two years in conference play since uh, they fired Rick Pitino, Richard Patino? Six and thirty-three. Is that good? Not great. I mean, it could be worse, but it's not great. <laughs> it's hard to be worse than that. Come on, Sam. You play half your games at home. Uh, six and thirty-three. Six and thirty-three in Big Ten play in the last two years. Okay, so that's thirty-nine divided by two. You know, it's not exactly because they have the, whatever. I don't know. It's not an even number, but um, so uh, you're looking at basically, uh, you know, eighteen, nineteen games, uh, twenty games, nineteen or twenty games. Uh, at home over those last two years, and they have a total of six wins, uh, right? Including home, you know, uh, twenty home games or so. So anyway, it's it's a tough gig, and it appears that uh, South Florida will be a, a tough gig as well. It will be, and and that's more. You know, kind of along the lines of of the the progress of you know climbing up the ladder of the coaching ladder that you were going that you were going over, that makes a lot more sense. You know, for a guy who was at Kennesaw State, he takes over a program. They win one game his first year. Now, you know, they they you know they capture the attention. They win the Atlantic Sun. That's a guy who absolutely you know go on to a uh, the American Athletic Conference. See what you can do there. 
I would just have a hard time imagining. I, I mean, I'm sure there are phone calls coming to you know to his agent or whatever. I would have a hard time imagining that if it was even even with even if the number was still 1.6 million dollars, that the next place is anywhere other than a Power Five. I would have had a really hard time believing that that South Florida would have been serious for Coach Patino. Uh, a serious consideration for him. Uh, for a serious consideration yeah. for him, even with even if it was one point six, even if he's making twice as much or whatever the number would have been. I, I got gotcha. you. Um, and so, and we don't even know if it's still going to be one point six. I mean, we know that's what Gregory got, but Gregory is good you chance know, it's not now. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, they, you know, they probably got this coach from Kennesaw State uh, for less than Brian Gregory, who had had some good success at, at Dayton and even Georgia Tech along the line, probably somewhere else in there as well. But anyway, maybe it gives them a chance to reset. The The question, the obvious question is, hey, you know, we're saying this all this about, you know, South Florida. Well, we talked about the coach um, at uh, Dusty May, yeah. uh, the head coach at Florida Atlantic. He kind of you know he went to his hotel room and cried when he thought about him making the decision there so i mean he, he now he's in the final four so uh maybe they weren't at you know the depth of south florida maybe they're you know they uh, south florida even has better situation than well, not uh, anymore F- now fau is infiltrating your conference now you're competing against you know the houston or houston's moving to the big 12 but still some of the other top teams in the american now fau which has all the momentum in the world and you know a place where a lot of people are going to want to go see if we can keep this rolling now all of a sudden they're in your conference and they're in your state if you're usf so, in other words, the the conference is getting beefed up. It is, and it 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 was already a tough enough job before, and it may be an even tougher job now once FAU gets in, at least you know for a year or two, and then if they don't keep winning, then the momentum dies down. But at least at first, he's coming into an impossible spot. All right, well, you use the analogy of UNLV, uh, like is a, you know that's an example of maybe the the difference with UNLV and South Florida is that UNLV does have. Moments of greatness, national championship, national championship games. Uh, so right, I, I'm, I'm I talking know more from the from inter- eyeball standpoint, yeah, the, from people going to the Thomas and Mac. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. No, right. they have had more success, but it's still it, it takes a lot. You know, even when you know, even if UNLV has a nice start to the season, whatever it may, whatever it may be, and. It used to, you know, at one time, and it certainly still is, but, you know, it used to be where facilities was the biggest thing. Now, you know, how many games do we have on TV? How many people are going to be watching? How many people are going to, who are, am I going to be in front of? And that's, and that's, you know, some of the next step for some of these coaches. Okay. And I know you're going to go through this with in and out. I mean, uh, we've gone a day without any Lobos entering the transfer portal. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've said it before. I I I just have a lot of confidence. I think Coach Richard Patino knows what's good, and he. I think you know the, the way that he handled this year's team, in particular Jalen House, and he how he molded uh, him into the framework of uh, the team. Uh, you know they, the the. the the body language of Jalen House from the time he got here till the end of this season, to me, is just such a good reflection on the Lobo program as a whole. It's night and day. Right? And 
there was there's one real reason for that, and that's Coach Richard Patino. So I, I I don't think he's going to settle when it comes to rebuilding this team. Uh, you know, we know we got three mainstays in particular here, right? We got you know two All Conference players and. Uh, House and Mashburn Jr. and then Donovan Dent um, is a guy that everybody's optimistic about. Um, so uh, you know the, the the challenge is going to be getting the right guys out there, and hopefully they find it to be an attractive place to come play. Which he said uh, started in the middle of the season when the crowd started growing, the attention that the pit got, and how unique it was. Uh, but also, I got to imagine Sam, uh, Sam that what the activity that 505 Sports Venture Foundation had last year is going to have an effect on the uh, the um, attractiveness for these portal the attractiveness uh, for these portal players to include into coming to New Mexico. Oh, no doubt you find. You find one more Sudeze, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to find another, but it certainly gives you a leg up on other coaches who are trying to find that more Sudeze. I mean, Coach Patino was 100% right when he would say at the end of the season, this is one of the best recruiting tools that I have now because I can go to a big and say, hey, look what he did in one year here. That's how fast all this moves now. Come on in. We, you know, 505 Sports Venture is, is, is here and we're going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anything else, but it's right over there. If you want to go check it out, and we have and we have a track record of a guy who who won over everybody in, in his in his one year here as, as the five. Yeah, but he needs more than just a five. Because well, now, I, yeah, I I, I don't. I, I mean, I I could say that you need a three, four, and a five. Because uh, Javante Johnson has gone, and I just not sure if you can play. House, Mashburn Jr., and Donovan Dent all at the same time and have that as a, a formidable starting lineup. I, I think you need more beef uh, at the three, four, and five position. So it's much greater than... No, of course. You, you know, it's, it's much greater than... Uh, than replace. It's going to be really hard to replace Mo. Uh, of course, yeah. It's going to be really hard. I do think, no disrespect to Josiah Alec and Javante Johnson, I do think there's a chance there will be upgrades at those two positions. Um, so uh, the key one that we'll be looking at, but you know what? Uh, fours and fives that are not necessarily that drastically different. Uh, they, they were kind of defined with the way that Coach Richard Patino used Alec and uh, Odeze this year. But in some situations, the two players can almost be interchangeable. The thing is, they, they need beef, they need height, uh, and they need those guys to also be able to score because we know uh, that you know you, you can't be predictable and just saying okay we're going to let you know house drive it as close to the basket as he can and if he can shoot it great if not he's going to back it out and you know we're going to run our sets and we know what Mashburn he's unbelievable uh, in terms of his work ethic I think he'll even be a better player next year for sure but like you you need some uh, you need three really other uh, scoring options, and last year they only had one. And in an ideal world, because nothing is done yet and nothing's ever done till papers are signed and, and they get here, which which you know we have to we always have to remember in these conversations. In an ideal world, the the recruit that the Lobos are, are working on uh, out of the state of Texas, uh, Jaden Toppin, we actually saw him play today. He was playing; uh, his team was playing in a in a tournament. In in an I mean it's going to be a tough ask even though we saw Donovan Dent do it it's a different spot in an ideal world 
he he would have potential to come on and, and be the three, but that's all up to Coach Patino and, and what's out there and if there's a and veteran what, option. You mentioned the recruit. Uh, yeah, I, let's not forget uh, two, two very highly thought of high school recruits are coming, so that has nothing to do with the transfer portal. The other uh, player from the Phoenix area, what was, was his uh, name? True Washington. True Washington, who when we had Kurt Roth, uh, the 505 Sports Ventures Foundation founder in here like he raved about him as well but But to your point though that's a lot of guards that yeah that that's another guard uh and that uh, and also to your point is we saw don well like these guys if they did do kind of what donovan dent did this last year remember donovan dent was coming off the bench playing anywhere from 14 to 22 minutes a game or four you know maybe 16 to 24 minutes a game let's just say that and you know that's not always the the effectiveness of a true freshman in you know that kind of time I, I I think again you're still what we've seen time and time again teams are getting older yeah they're you know not only getting more veteran but like we talked to the uh, the guy from San Diego um and he was talking about all of the 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 experience slash age. Of the San Diego State team, they're a perfect example of it. There's a there's a 24 year old on one of these teams that that was either in the Elite Eight or they might even still be one of these teams is still playing. But I I, um, I hear over the weekend I got one eye on one of these games over the weekend and I hear that you got a 24 year old on one of these I, rosters. I, I I and I, I actually I would put my money there's probably another one out there somewhere that has turned 24 during this season and and that's why you know the, these guys that are 22 23. Um, years old, you know when they when they're up against high school kids or freshmen just out of high school, man, that it's that they they have all the confidence in the world, even though these these players might have been McDonald's All Americans. So uh, anyway, that's uh, as the world turns. Yesterday we focused on a little bit of transfer portal. Today we dove in on a bunch of the coaching stuff and gave you the latest that, you know, the read, read, read Jeff Grammer's tweet again. Yeah, uh, this, uh, from this morning, courtesy of Jeff Grammer, uh, a few hours before the USF job ended up getting filled. In reference to Coach Richard Patino, he still has some roots there in Florida, but USF's filtration with P- Patino was last week, then they went at Odom. Nothing says they can't go RP again, but the USF Patino window was opened and closed last week. Again, I hedge everything with the understanding that USF can try again, which now we know they didn't. They went with the Kennesaw State coach.